Morning. You ready to go? Yeah, that was pretty pretty weak there. <laughs> I notice South Dakota and North Pole have something in common. You don't ever ask for votes because people just stare at you. And they say, you got to be kidding. we got to engage in church. <laughs> so I won't ask you to vote. I won't ask you to do anything awkward like that. I'll do all the awkwardness, okay? Are you good with that? All right. You know, when, when we think about what we're doing right here in opening the Word of God and asking God to feed us, we're asking for something very particular. And if I could draw your attention over to 2 Peter, I just want to show you something that is encouraging to me, specifically in the regards of what my heart has is, is been focused on by your pastor's invite, is to deal with family camp and family issues, uh, home needs, things like that. In 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 3, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things. Did you see that? That's real important. All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. And then notice in verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's a lot going on in those two verses. This is kind of the summary of it. I've already escaped. I've already escaped the corruption. But there's a whole lot of the life and grace of God's purpose for my life that I still want to I want to get. I want to have the power to accomplish. I don't want to just go to heaven by the skin of my teeth. Amen. I actually prefer to be able to go to heaven and the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? And that's what I, what I see in verse 3 and 4 is God wants to give us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And there's, there's so much in there that we could spend time with, but let me summarize it this way. It's found in this book. The all things are right here. So between this morning and in a while the church service, and then this afternoon, and then Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, we're going to get a whole bunch of this. And in this, we're going to get some nuggets, some, some keys, some of the all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And I've... I've been around long enough, and I think you have too. I, I know most of you. We've been around long enough to know how the devil plays this game. He knows that, you know what, there's some all things about ready to happen, and he gets very tuned in to what's going on. And boy, he can steal seed like nobody's business. He's like the hungry bird. As soon as you throw seed on the ground, that bird's there to make sure it's not going to be productive, right? So I want to take this morning, if I could, and I want to help. This has very little to do with the topic of, of a specific family need, except just the overall view of, hey, I want to get what I'm supposed to get this week. 
And I don't care, honestly, I don't care if I'm the one preaching or the one listening. Or, that, that makes no difference. I've got some all things that I want to get. Amen? Let me share with you just a little insight into me. I, I literally was that guy who was raised in a home that when it came time to get married, I had to, uh, I had to surrender to marry my wife. And that may seem awfully, awfully um, awkward to hear, but I was that guy who was so terrified of marriage because of what I saw my parents go through that I watched it unfold and I said, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going through that. Amen. Some of you may be able to have some sort of identification with that. I was that young man who literally was broken by the Almighty over the issue of marriage. When I knew God wanted me to marry that little lady in the back, by the way, she is uh, my wife, amen, of 32 years this summer. And when God broke my heart to marry her, I was crushed because I said, Lord, I can't. I don't know how to love. I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to be patient. I don't know how to join hands with someone else. I mean, first of all, she's a girl. So that's like, you know, totally different than me. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> and, and literally, like, like she was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in kind of the antithesis to that. I mean, whatever she was, I'm not. And whatever I am, she has no idea what I'm talking about. Things that are funny to me, she just looks at me like, what, what was that? What's that? And I realize we're, we're polar opposites. And yet I knew God wanted me to marry her. I had to surrender to that. I remember going to the altar. And just like God was calling someone to the ministry, I cried and said, Lord, I will. But I begged the Lord for one thing. I said, Lord, I need you to teach me how to do it because I don't know how. Does that make sense? And that's what I want to help you with this week. No, let me rephrase that. That's what I want the Lord to help us all with this week, is to get some of the all things that this book has, because it works. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a dad, but I do know this. I have a God who knows all things, and he can fix all my questions and answer them. And here's the method he chose to do it. So take your Bible over to 1 Corinthians. There's a lot of things in my life that as I learn, 1 Corinthians 1, a lot of things in my life as I learn, I realize what I thought God was going to use, he didn't. What I was pretty sure he couldn't use, that's what he used. And this is the means by which we find God choosing to give us his all things that pertain to life and godliness in our home and in many other areas. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 says this, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The word foolishness is where we would also get the idea of kind of being moronic, like, like what you'd think is the most simple and non-wise way of doing anything. And that's the, that's the method God chose. Look down to verse 25. 
It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Over in Titus chapter 1, and I'm going to do a fair bit of turning here this morning just on this topic of how, how do I get these all things uh, that God has available for me. Titus chapter 1 and verse 3 says, But hath in due times manifested His word through preaching. And so we begin to see kind of a connection here. Preaching, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people, but regardless of the what someone may think or what some uh, ability is on the idea of preaching, we know this, that's God's method, and He chose it. And He is the one who said, hey, it's foolish. It is so foolish, but it's wiser than the wisest thing we have. It is the means by which God chose to unpackage His Word or to manifest it where we get to see everything inside of it, the whole manifest, the cargo, the, you know, what's in there, what, what's all in that Word of God. He chose preaching to do that. We all have different ideas of what preaching should look like. No doubt everyone in here has been around preaching long enough to know, you know, this is what I think it lo should look like, or this is the type that really works with me, or this is the, this is the area that, you know, I, I really hear from God when he uses this type of method. Let me just tell you, what you read in Titus chapter 1 and verse 3 is a historical verse. It's saying, hath in due times, that was past tense, in due times he manifested his word through preaching. And you go back and look at the historical aspect of it, he's talking about this part of your Bible. The Old Testament, and he's saying, guess what? I, in due times, at the right time, I use Moses. At the right time, I used Jeremiah. And then I used guys like Solomon who blew it. I, I used men like David who felt it. And God used preaching. And when we look at the Bible, we see there's different methods. There's different skill sets. There's different personalities. And God shows all of it. So here's something I want you to think about. The next however many hours we're going to be sitting under preaching, it'll be like having that fire hose of spirituality hooked up to you, and God's going to turn the big lever, crank that thing open, and it'll be like drinking and trying to not let any squirt out, right? Just, I got to get all of this, and it's very easy to go through a whole week of preaching, and this may seem odd to all of us, it's very weak, easy to actually go through all this and not get anything. And walk away from it and say, you know, I didn't get any all things that pertain unto being a teenager or being a, a young adult or being a brand new married or raising my first child or, man, all of our children are gone and we're having a relationship without our children or, you know, I need some of the all things and it's easy to go through the whole week and not get it. So I want to help us, I want to help me this morning, if, if it helps you, I hope so. But I want to know, how do I get all that God wants me to get? Amen? I don't want to miss any of it. I don't, I'm a little selfish here. I don't want you to get it without me getting it. Amen? Maybe you've never had that happen where someone beside you, man, God just feeds them and you're looking at like, what's, 
that was lousy sermon. What did you get out of that? I mean, he didn't even speak in you know, our lingo or our mannerisms. I don't want that. I don't want anyone to get anything that I don't also get. And so I, I'd like to take just this first little time and just calibrate that. Can we do that? Let's kind of calibrate. All right, how do we get what we're supposed to get from the chosen method God gave us of the Word of God being preached? You'll learn, there's various ways to learn in life. Experience is the worst. Amen. You can nod your heads, it's okay. It helps kind of loosen the ligaments and all that. Experience is the way you, you learn when you're too dumb to learn it the way God said. God said, I, I told you this is how it's going to work, and you don't want to necessarily learn by experience how to have a bad marriage or how to raise a child wrongly or whatever. You, you literally, we all want God's help on this, right? Are we, I think we understand that. Look over to Romans chapter 10. God has used and always used preaching. We live in a day and age where, unfortunately, the average person, this probably doesn't apply to anyone here, but the average person in America doesn't do a lot of thinking anymore. Uh, we do a lot of entertaining. Uh, we understand what it means to react rather than act, uh, respond rather than instigate. We're, we're really, we're, we're weak on thinking, and that's where God takes preaching. He's, he goes into the inner man where your processor is. Look at this in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, so then faith, and you want to do a study on what faith looks like, you're going to find out it's substance. It's evidence of things that nothing else is substantial or evidential about. So it's the faith that cometh by hearing, verse 17, and hearing by the Word of God. If you look to verse 14, at the very end, you'll see it, the question, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So there's something that's substantial. It's evidential. It will prove itself. It's going to happen through preaching. It's going to be called faith that I build on, that I grow on, that I mature on. In fact, we started in 2 Peter chapter 1, and it says he gives us all things, right? Right after that, he says, add to your faith. That's the whole passage there. How do I get that? How do I get that faith, that substance, that evidence, that foundation that I can actually live by? Romans, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10. I think you'll recognize most all these verses because they're so obvious. They're so um, common, maybe not obvious, but they're common to us. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Can, can I just say, if I'm not there, I don't get it. Amen. I, I've, I'm of the opinion attendance is not what assembling is. Assembling means parts put together. Attendance means watching the parts lay in the box. Amen. There's a difference between just showing up and showing up. Amen. Maybe you've been at a place where you're sitting with your spouse or your child or something, and you can tell, man, we are, we're in attendance in the same building, but we may as well not be here because we're not connecting. 
That's what assembling is, is the connecting. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. And the point is, if I'm going to get the all things, I've got to somehow be there. I've got to determine whether I'm the one preaching, whether I'm the one listening, whether I've, I'm not feeling real well, whether I'm, man, you know what, I'm tired, it's been a long week, or I'm distracted because so-and-so is sitting in front of me, or that preacher has a really, really shiny head. You know, whatever it is that distracts, I need to somehow get to the point where I, I'm actually, a, I, I want to be there. I, I want to get it. At all cost. I'm... I may get the all things that prove a wonderful marriage versus a woeful marriage. And I want to get the, I want to get the all things. Amen. Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2. If you find it first, let me know what page it's on. I'm pretty sure it's right after Matthew. Maybe before. What I do is I just start in Revelation, go real slowly backwards. If it doesn't work, I do it again. I just realized that one didn't work, so I got to do it again. Are you in Habakkuk yet? Yeah, very unhelpful. Thank you. Very, very unhelpful. It's 1170. What do you mean, 13 something or other? <laughs> well, that's good. Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 says this, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Preaching does that. Preaching, when God goes where he needs to go, it takes it from the generic and it makes it plain. The word plain means distinct or I can see it. It's the idea of the light bulb going off saying, I, I get it. Preaching can do that. Amen. We don't have to live our life this way, that the lick and, and stick and see which way the wind's blowing. Amen. We don't have to live our life with just kind of being tossed to and fro with every idea, every anomaly, every challenge. No, there's, a, there's, a, there's an entire spirit behind God that says, Here's, here it is, and I want it plain. I want people to get it, not to be immune to it. I'm glad God didn't write us a Bible that is, is intelligible for the natural man. But I tell you what, for the spiritual man, it's very plain. It's very distinct. Amen? And I want you to notice it is distinct in such a way that it changes behavior. Look at what it says in verse 2. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Here's a little um, litmus test I give myself often. I didn't I'd share it with you. If the Bible doesn't change my behavior, then I miss something. I came into this thing Dane Bramaged. I'm really messed up. And so if I walk away from it, without any changes, then I miss something. Because God's Word is supposed to engage in such a way to where I say, wow, I'm wrong. I need to make amends. I need to change my behavior. 
Look over to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Just start at Habakkuk and start going back. Amen. So I have three jokes. I've tried all three on you. I think I'm done. I don't have any more like humor to offer you. So, amen. That's probably a good thing too. My wife says my humor is always best when I don't intend it to be humorous. Like I'm being serious and everyone laughs and she says, that was really good. And I'm like, no, I was, that's sad. That wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> and then I try and come up with something like, this is clever. And they just look at me like, nice try, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah 8 and verse 8. It's kind of hard on the ego, that's for sure. Nehemiah 8, verse 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly. Distinctly. That means to distinguish this from that. To be distinct about it. Amen. They read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense, gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. Hey, that's what I want. That's exactly it. If this is the word of life, is this is the, the all things that God says, it's all here, everything. Like there's no mysteries left. It's all available for life and all that God would have you to fulfill His grace and His his purpose for your life, if it's all there, then you know what? I want to get it. I don't want to miss it. I want to get all of it. Every one of us are different. What is distinct for one person is going to be distinct for the next. A story that illuminates it to this person is going to not illuminate to the next person. That's just life. We respond differently. There's different tools that help us to understand. But the, the key is what I want us all to kind of recalibrate ourselves on is God gave us a Bible that's actually meant to accomplish the task for every one of us. And if it's not happening, we got to look in the mirror and say, hey, bud, what's up? How, how did you just sit through 45 minutes or 45 hours and, and nothing changed? How come your marriage is the same as it was last week? And we got to have the character to look in that mirror and say, did you, did you not realize who you're talking to or who's talking to you? You see, the closer we get to this book, this is just an opinion, but the closer we get to this book and still remain blinded, the stronger the demons must be. Long ways away, it doesn't take a whole lot to not see the light of the glorious gospel. Right up close, you've got to have some pretty strong demons saying blinding and waxing and hardening, right? That's got to be happening. So at some level, we all are different, and there may be teaching and there may be preaching and there may be all sorts of things that are going on in the midst of it, but when it's all done, this is all I have. I don't want to learn by experience of, well, that didn't work real good. I actually want to learn by God's experience because He knows my frame. Guess, get this, He knows my wife's frame. Amen. He knows girls. He knows boys. He knows teenagers. Amen. He knows toddlers. He knows old people. Amen. He knows it all. 
And so he gave us it. And I want to understand. The sense is so that they are caused to understand. The word understand is a real, real simple word. Sometimes we, we put it in, in, in complicated. It just means the, that which is under where I stand. It, it's my foundation. That's what understanding is supposed to do of, I get this. I know what I believe. I know what to do. Amen. Most people I talk to just in life, you ask them any, anything of importance and they say, I have no idea. They, they don't even know necessarily in a political sense whether it's right to murder someone before a certain week or after a certain week. I mean, they honestly don't know. They don't have an understanding. We should not be like that at all. We should actually have a lot of faith or a lot of understanding. Look over to John chapter 7. John chapter 7 and verse 28. John 7 and verse 28, the Bible says, this is about Jesus. He's teaching, and it says, Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught. And this is just a great little synopsis of what God does for us. In the preaching of the Word of God, in the teaching of the Word of God, there's times where there's emotion that comes out, and there, that's the cry, that's the volume, that's the, um, the urgency of the issue. There's teaching going on, and then all of a sudden there's a, a cry or a loudness to it. And, and can I just simply remind you, that's because sometimes we don't get it. We don't get it, and God has to reach into us and stir us in a different level to where we understand, oh, you know what, I missed. The words of life just came by, and I, I missed the value of what they were. I missed some of that. And so God uses all sorts of aspects of this that help us to understand. But the bottom line is Jesus always taught. Even when he was preaching, he taught. And you may be wondering, okay, what's, what's the point? Is it teaching or preaching? No, that's not the, the issue. I think it's John 3. They say, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from, come from God. He was known as a teacher. And the point of it is, that means I need to be a student. That's the whole point. If I have the book of life and God chose to manifest it through preaching and God wants me to understand and get insight and discern and if he wants all that for me, then the bottom line is I have to receive it. I have to. I need to be the student. So this week, as, as God no doubt will open unto us all sorts of things, there will be tons of things. I have no idea how many services are fully wrapped into the devotions and the morning services and the evening services, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity for me personally, for my wife, for you, for every member here to actually decide, you know what, am I going to receive this or reject it? Those are really the only two options. Amen. And as that begins to happen, I want to show you something that I think can help us. Look over, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. As it begins to open itself to us and become apparent, let me just say, I've noticed in myself volume 
doesn't really fix the issue. Like the more preaching or the more bombardment doesn't really fix the issue. It's, it's an inward issue. Does that make sense? When this is clean, like half a verse, I'll get more out of half a verse than when this thing's dirty and I get a whole book. I'm just being honest with you. It's really about internally, am I... Am I good with this, with God speaking to me? Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, at the end of this passage dealing with, with preaching and what God does with the preaching, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And here's the... The real thing that offends me sometimes personally is I realize if I don't get something from God's chosen method, from God's chosen book, on God's chosen day, and I'm in God's chosen place, and I don't get something, that means I was natural. That means I went through the whole thing just like as if I didn't know the Lord. That's scary. It's scary to get in a place where the Spirit left him and he knew it not. To be so close to all the valuable truths of eternity and yet not get them. That's a scary place to be. Amen? It's possible to get so comfortable with the, the style, the methodology, the, the environment, the people, the timing, the... You know, if, if you grow up, my kids grow up in, in church, and after a while you begin to think like the preacher. You kind of know where he's going to go, what he's going to say, when he's going to take his hand and do something, you know, what, what his mannerism is with his, um, with his audience and different things. And you begin to, you begin to kind of have a sense for it, like this is how it goes, and you begin to all of a sudden no longer get what's really, really valuable. And that just simply summarizes the natural man receiveth not. Well, hang on. I want to receive. That, see, that tells me the first key to all of this is I need to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I actually need to be walking with the Lord. That starts at salvation and that doesn't end for eternity. That thing of the Spirit, spiritually led, that doesn't just turn on and turn off. That's not just a moment of, of principle here and there. That's, that's either real to me or it's not. Look over to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. When we begin to deal with these things on any level, nothing, none of this is new. I know that. Um, the problem isn't necessarily trying to figure out what is new and you know, kind of unique, the problem is trying to figure out what have I done with the old truths, the old principles of Scripture. And here's, that, that's why all these are so familiar. He, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. And it goes on, but just the simple truth is, if I don't receive, if I don't get it, if I don't 
understand what God has for me, the consequence is I got a controversy. I'm in, I'm in a place where God's saying, hey, I've, I've got it all. Anything that, the all things of life and godliness, here you go. And if I don't get it, if I don't understand and have knowledge built out of that, then I'm creating a bit of a problem for myself, aren't I? A controversy. Amen. Multitasking sometimes can put me in a place where I'm not getting what God wants me to get. Hello. Let me say that again. Multitasking sometimes puts me in a place where I'm not getting what I'm supposed to get. And it's possible to come to the right place with the right book at the right time with the right doctrine, the right baptism, and literally be wrong and not get it. And at some stage, if, if I'm not being blessed by the Lord in my marriage, then that means I'm being resisted by the Lord in the same thing. The same book that could turn my life into a blessing God says, now we can have a controversy out of this. Amen. How many of you have ever had your child sit down and you explain to them like you find them? Okay. All right. You grab them by the shoulders. You look them in the eyes and you say, all right, this is the way it is. I'm dad, your son. Me tell you what to do. Amen. And then you do it. Do we understand each other? You've had those moments and then the child goes out and does whatever they want to do, and you realize, aha, now we have a controversy. Before they were illuminated to this grand piece of wisdom, it was just negotiable, like, ah, oh, they may not get it. They may not get it that they're two years old and they don't own the house. But now they get it. I told them so, right? God does us the same way. There's a controversy here. Look over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. When God opens His Word and speaks to us, that's kind of like Him grabbing us by the shoulders and saying, all right, it's time. You need to get this. Amen. Matthew 6, 24 says this, No man can serve two masters. He'll have a problem. I mean, you have to choose, right? He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. None of us can do this. No man can, can kind of give himself in two areas. James says it this way, a double-minded man is unstable in what? All his ways. So at, at a very clear level, I have a, a real need when I'm around the Word of God to be of one mind, a, a spiritual mind, not a natural mind. Natural man cannot receive. Receive, no, you don't get any, right? Let not that man think that he will, shall receive anything from the Lord. So the natural mind is, is in trouble. Spiritual mind has to be simple or single, one, like one focus. All right, Lord, I, I don't know how to be a husband. Can you show me? Lord, I don't know how to get saved. Can you show me? Lord, I don't know how to um, get old. Can you show me? And a, a, 
the natural mind is going to complicate that, where God's going to have a controversy with us. How do, how do I get past that? And that's the whole thing this morning, is trying to build an awareness of, okay, this is what's going on. There's going to be a whole lot of this going on, and it would be really sad to get to the same pew next week, next Sunday, and sit there and look at, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I didn't get much. I, I went to the God of eternity, and I didn't get, I, I got about as much as someone who didn't even know him got. That'd be really sad. Amen? Huh, amen. Look over to Isaiah chapter 44. If I want God's word to be distinct or clear, then I think there's some things I need to do in my life. What I've tried to kind of hint to so far is that we can't always blame the preacher. God uses all styles. We can't say he was teaching and then he cried because Jesus does that. We can't say, well, he spoke in parables, and I don't take parables because God used Solomon greatly, and that's how he spoke. Amen. We have other doctrine where God manifests his word. It was really explicit in detail. God used that. We can't blame the preacher. We can't blame the, the book. It's a perfect book. Amen. I won't go into all what that means, but that, what I'm saying is we only got really one thing to blame, and that's this guy. That's right in here. Isaiah 44 and verse 3 helps me to summarize this. For I will pour water on him that is, what? Thirsty. At, at some stage, I've got to figure out how bad do I need God to help me. Ladies and gentlemen, when I surrendered to marry my wife, that was so real to me. I didn't know the verse back in those days. I don't, maybe I did, but I, that wasn't on my mind. What was real to me was, Lord, I don't know how to be a husband. I used to wake up every morning. We, I don't ever remember a day waking up to a peaceful morning. I remember very, very distinctly the sound of various implements as they were being thrown. I was in the downstairs above us was the, the kitchen living room area. And I could I remember laying there and I'd think, oh, it's heating up. That was the such and such implement. Oh, that, that was the crock pot. Mom must be really upset today. And you'd hear things being thrown back and forth in some, some fighting contests. I, I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to raise a child. I remember holding my first boy. You see him as this tall. I still see him as, as 21 inches and 6 pounds, whatever ounces. Back, at, I remember holding him, looking at him, and I, I just sat there and wept. I said, God, I have no idea what to do. I can read a manual how to change a diaper. I can hire someone to feed him. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know that. I was broken in my heart. I was like, Lord, I don't know how to teach him character. I don't know how to teach him loyalty. I have no idea what to do with this. I wanted to actually, like, can we you know, put it back in for another few months? I got some more studying to do. Amen. I didn't even know how to get my wife to the hospital on time. She said, honey... 
it's time. And the first time she said that, she's here, so I have to tell the truth. I would think I would tell the truth anyway, but I will definitely tell the truth. I was working on a message. I was excited about a message about how God births a soul, and I was actually working on the points where there's a a breaking of the water, and I'm, I'm building this message on birth and the new birth, and she tells me that, and I just totally ignored her. I'm like, hey, that actually fits in with what I'm studying. And uh, so I realized real quickly, no, this isn't a joke. This is the real deal. And I realized as we're on our way to the hospital that just real shortly off the hospital, there's a drive-through where I could get a was it hot dogs? It was a Sonic or something like that. I could get a couple of hot dogs and kind of hold over the meal while if she's going to go have a baby. I might as well have something to eat. Amen. I knew nothing. That's the point I'm trying to get you to realize this guy is a, a dork. I knew nothing. And I knew that. As I held my first baby, as I held my first girl, I realized... This is one of them. I don't know even what to do with them. And I realized I really need the Lord. And I believe that was the key to me getting what I needed from the Lord. The longer we go thinking we got it figured out, the longer we go with a controversy where God resisteth the proud. He he giveth grace unto the humble. That's no problem. It's that resisting, that controversy, that block where God says, you won't get it. The natural man receiveth not. You won't get it. Read it all you want. Go as many church church services as you want. I believe there's people who go to a lot of church services and die and go to hell because they haven't somehow figured out, you know what, I I need Him. I don't need me. I need the Lord. Look over to Revelation chapter 3, Revelation 3 and verse 17. Revelation 3, 17, the Bible's so helpful in these things. It's always humbling when I read it because I'm like, man, that is so me. I mean, I see, I know it's going, this is written to a church at Laodicea, uh, verse 17 is, but it's so real for for me personally, it says, verse 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and here's the real thing, and have need of nothing. I mean, that, that's the issue. It wasn't because of any other issue. It's just because you say, I don't need anything. But look at the other half. It says, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. It's not about... God's ability. It's really not about my location in this. It's really all about how do I see myself? If I see myself as having, you know what, I got the most awesome marriage in town. I don't need any marriage help. Well, then that's how I'll leave. I don't get any marriage help. I mean, I'm going to the one who made my wife and I'm telling the one who made my wife, I got women figured out, right? And the one who made my wife might just say, okay, you go for it, bud. You got this thing all figured out. You, you know, guys, by the way, ladies, I'll give you a little secret. Guys are great at knowing what yesterday looked like, but we have no idea what tomorrow looks like. 
And ladies have a way of keeping us on our toes. Amen. They got changes coming up in their life that we knew nothing about. We're like, didn't know that was coming. Amen. I mean, that didn't come in the instruction manual. Where'd that thing come from? Amen. <laughs> I think we're all of an age in here. I can get away with saying some things, but it doesn't take much of the, the, the biological clock before we realize, wow, I'm way out of my element. But God made her. God made dads. God made moms. Teenagers can learn a whole lot about their parents. How come dad's upset today? How come he was giggly last night and let me have everything and today I can't even breathe? God made them. God made all that. And here it says, Thou knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So here's the counsel, verse 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. At some level, buy gold is going to take my investment. So let me summarize this morning. That's, that's my heart. This is my heart on all this. How do I do this? Well, I've got to reach into my, into my wallet. I've got to somehow buy this, right? Now, God's not interested in dollar bills, but he is interested in things like, do you care? Did it mean enough for you to wake up early and pray? Did it, did it have enough attraction for you to prepare last night? Prepare yourself. I'm going to lay out my clothes. I'm going to get my Bible to where it's ready. I'm going to make sure my cell phone's off. I'm going to make sure the kids don't have, you know, some food in their body that's going to make them like little wiggle worms during the whole service. Does it mean enough to me to prepare? to pray, to plan. I, I've, I've come to church before not planned to get anything from God, and I left very satisfied. I didn't get anything from God. There are times I came to church, and I, like, I had my pen. All right, Lord, <laughs> I need help. I mean, I, I am poor, wretched, miserable, blind, naked, and I just planned with a simple thing like having a pen in my hand and a piece of paper on my lap, and all of a sudden I realized, wow, God just gave me some all things. Amen. Pray. Prepare. Plan. Does it mean enough to me to prevent other things from getting in my way? Sometimes it's as simple as preventing where I sit. Amen. I, I, I'm kind of a distracted sort of guy. So sometimes I got to sit where I don't have distractions in front of me. Does it mean that much to me? Does it mean enough to me to literally get myself in a place where I promote what I'm learning? Where I'm the guy saying, where everyone else in the church is saying, man, what's going on with so-and-so? He's writing down, he's writing down like miserable, all sorts of amazing notes. He's saying amen. I mean, he's, he's acting upon what he's learning. Do I care enough about it to promote? God just spoke to me. These are all little keys that I believe are wrapped up in there. There's a lot perhaps that should have been said this morning that I didn't take time to, but you're going to, we're all going to end this together, okay? We're going to have a whole lot going at us. When it's all done, God has the right to look at us and say, all right, what'd you get? What's it going to do in your life? And if we walk away the same way we walked in, I think that's kind of a waste of time, don't you? 
not just of our personal time, but of what we ask the Lord to do. We asked him to visit with us and lead us and give us, right? And if we don't need anything, then we're kind of, that's pretty proud. And it may cause a controversy that we don't know until experience says, you did it wrong. Let me close this way. I've, in 32 years of marriage, my wife and I have had some long, tearful nights. And we've looked at each other and learned through that, that, you know, I do need help, but obviously I miss some of the help that God had available. I miss that. And I'm telling you, there's ways, and you've known this about us, if you know that know us very well, you'd know about us. I'd rather learn by the Lord's help than by the Lord's punishment. Amen. Amen. You here this morning. The Bible says, children's children are the glory of old men. All right? You knew that? I want them to be my glory, not just a, oh boy, I wish they could still be my glory. Lot lost his grandchildren. I want them to be my glory. Preacher, hopefully that was helpful for all of us just to, again, calibrate and gear in towards what's, what the week's going to hold for us.